broadcasting from the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's time for Kick Set with USA Swimming, bringing you interviews with athletes, coaches, and experts from age group swimming to the national and Olympic teams. Hello, and welcome to the Kick Set Podcast. I am your host, Dan McCarthy. Well, this is a very exciting podcast that we have in store for you today. It is our last podcast before Olympic trials kicks off. And wait till you see the guests that we have for today, whether you're looking uh, to just raise the level of excitement for the games or get a little bit more information before trials, we have it for you today. Let's see, before we get into our guest, uh, I do want to make sure that you have the information you need for Olympic trials. So if you got to go to usaswimming.org, backslash trials, you can find information there for wave one and wave two. Uh, we have news there. We have ticket information still available. Uh, some quick links um, if you're looking for, uh, you know, deeper information and some videos are up there as well to kind of get you ready. Uh, also just recently announced was the uh, Speedo Summer Championships. So if you go to usaswimming.org and click on the events and tickets uh, along the very top bar and just scroll down to August. It's going to be held August 3rd through 7th. We're going to have two sites, one in Irvine and one in Greensboro. Uh, click on there and you can find the entry information and hotel information, whatever you might need um, for our big Speedo Summer Championships. All right. Well, today our guest is Rowdy Gaines. Um, Rowdy is one of the most well-known figures in USA Swimming if you don't know, uh, Rowdy held 10 world records. He was a member of the 1980 Olympic boycott team, um, which is, uh, I think, whenever you listen to the interview, um, you'll understand his uh, compassion for the athletes of 2021. Um, and uh, despite the boycott and you know not getting an opportunity to compete in the Olympics until the 1984 LA Games, um, he's a three-time Olympic gold medalist. Rowdy's been commentating at events since the 1990s, and he is a beloved member of our USA Swimming family. Um, interestingly enough, I haven't had the opportunity to chat one-to-one -one with Rowdy. We've been on you know, many different Zooms together, but we haven't had a, ch a chance to chat um, since uh, Des Moines, since the Tier Pro Swim Series event in Des Moines, Iowa, right before the pandemic really set in. Um, so we, you know, we get an opportunity to catch up. Um, but I also, uh, that time that we sat down and talked was our, our team of the decade um, event that we did with uh, Elizabeth Beisel and coach David Marsh. And interestingly enough, if you're looking for even more information on some of the athletes that'll be competing at Olympic trials and hopefully going on to Olympic Games, I recommend maybe you revisit that um, for a, a deeper dive because we spent an hour talking about the athletes that would make up the team of the decade. Um, of course, this the, the bulk of this podcast is going to be uh, Rowdy sharing his insights on our athletes for trials and for the upcoming games. Let's take a listen. Rowdy, how are you? Good, Dan. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad. I cannot believe the last time I actually saw you was Des Moines, Iowa. That's right. We talked about uh, uh, the, the decade. Yeah. With Elizabeth and David. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the last time. Can't believe that. 
like yeah. what was that 15 months ago right crazy yeah, that, was, oh. that was the beginning of everything um so you have a few of the uh tier pro swim series broadcasts under your belt you think you're in shape here for trials and games you know i i, I would like to think so uh you know i mean uh we've had a lot of practice over the last <laughs> five <laughs> years that's for sure uh, you know, there's always going to be surprises. That's what makes tr the trials so fascinating on every sense of the, in, in every sense of the word is the fact that uh, there will be somebody that we just don't know that will make the Olympic team or we don't know much about uh, mm -hmm. that will come in there and pop in, in, a, in a top two format and, and somebody that we know and, and love and respect and has been part of USA Swimming for so long won't make it. And it's just the nature of the beast of what the trials is all about. But uh, I feel like, you know, I think we're, I, I say we, because it is a team effort. I think we're ready. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you started right in there about Olympic trials. Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, this is not a, a new thought on my part, but a lot of people think this is the most competitive swimming event in the world once every four years, not the Olympic games, but the U S Olympic trials. How do you feel? Oh, there's no question about it. That, that, that is spot on. And, you know, I'm sure my friends in Australia and Russia and, and, uh, and elsewhere in the world would argue that point. But there's no arguing that, that the United States is uh, certainly the most dominant country in the world of swimming, has been for 65 years or so. And, um, and our trials are living proof of that. And, I, and, and I'll, I'll point to two events. Uh, alone, or I'll, I'll point to one of it. Okay, I won't even point to two, but I'll point to one of it the women's hunter backstroke, right? Yeah. I mean, 59 flat one trials, uh, five years ago that won't even final at the Olympic, I mean, at, at our trials, right. and eighth place at trials would final at the Olympic Games. That's how good our country is. And women's hunter backstroke, that's how good our country is in the sport of swimming. So, it is, it is without a doubt the most competitive beat, and uh. You know, you, you, there's a there's a fine line between, you know, laying your eggs all in one basket for trials and just say, OK, I'm done once I make the Olympic team. But then kind of restacking your emotions and and physical capabilities to move on four weeks later at the Olympic Games. And the very best will be able to do that. And for the most part, the United States has always been able to do that. They've been able to turn around the experience of the trials and use it to their advantage at the Olympics. Yeah, I've seen athletes express relief at making the team that you wouldn't think were worried about it. I've, I've talked to coaches of uh, world record holders that have said, well, they're glad that they got making the team under their belt. And I'm always shocked to hear that because in my mind, I had no doubt they were going to make it. But it's a, a sincere concern because it's, you know, it's the hardest competition, but it's also the hardest team to make. There's a cap on the number of spots we can take. Well, a good example of that are the two best swimmers in the world, Caleb and Katie, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think either one of them, if they didn't rest and peak somewhat at trials, they wouldn't make it. Katie probably would. Katie would. I, I take that back. Katie would. She would. She can swim through trials and still make it. But it'd be a little dicier in the 200, you For know, sure. maybe. Um, maybe. I still think she'd make it. But, um, but, you know, Caleb, you know, Caleb is the best male swimmer in the world. I mean, in my opinion, the best swim, swimmer in the world. And um, he's got he's to come down for trials. He's got to be ready to swim fast because 
Um, it's just so difficult. That's the problem. They only take two, right? Uh, when I swam in 80, we took three and 80, and before that they took three swimmers. So it didn't make it easier necessarily, but it did lighten the load up a little bit for some swimmers. Like all you got to do is get top three. Now it's top two and it's just, it's heartbreaking in so many ways because, uh, as I said, that third place finisher would, would be in the medal hunt and not all events, but most events for the United States. And, and on the women's side, especially, I, I don't think there is a weak event for American women. No, it, we had a, a conversation with David Plummer a few podcasts ago to talk about that fine line between, you know, taking third and then, you know, committing for four more years to try and take first or second. And uh, these athletes had to wait five years this time because of, uh, of the delay and everything. It's a, it's an exceptional circumstance. Um, and it's it is. harder this year because we didn't increase the number of swimmers we were going to take. However, they added the women's 1500 and the men's 1800. So now we have more events, but less spaces. It's making the team is going to be tight. It is. Uh, and, and especially, especially on the men's side, you know, it's, it, it, it's, you know, I, I don't mean, I've been doing this, this is my eighth, well, gosh, this is my 10th trials and uh, no, this is my 11th. And, and I still don't know how the whole taking five and six works, <laughs> but I know that the doubles add up on the women's side, not easily, but much, much easier than the men. So the doubles for the men's side is going to be a little trickier, but again, I, I, you know, we've never not taking six, taken six swimmers of the 11 Olympic trials I've been to. We've always taken six in the hundred, 200. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't expect that to change. Uh, I, in fact, we don't even have, I think Zane Grothy is the only one with the A cut, the corner free. That's going to change. There are going to be a, a bunch of guys that make the A cut. So the trials will shake everything out and uh, the, the cream will certainly rise to the top. Okay. Um, a little bit ago, you mentioned Katie and Caleb arguably being the best female and best male swimmers in the world. But there's a few other veterans that are returning for another shot at a medal, you know, off the top of my head, uh, Lily King, Simone Emanuel, Ryan Murphy. Um, who am I missing? Well, there's a few out there, you know, like a, like a Chase Kalish. I mean, here's a world champion, 200, 400 IM, right? A silver medalist. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, uh, Abby Weitzel, you know, great sprinter who was on the team in, in, in 16. Um, but certainly we have an incredibly experienced team. Again, I'll say, especially on the women's side, mixed in with real young up-and-comers. Um in fact, I was on a, a conference call with our NBC production crew yesterday, and they, uh, the question asked, was asked, that said, you know, is this something on paper anyway right now? I think things are going to change, but on paper, the men are thinner than the women. Is this, is this something that we're going to be expecting long term? And I say, absolutely not. It's not like U.S. men's tennis. This is, just, this is a cyclical thing with the men. On paper, at least right now, I think, as I said, the trials will start to bring out a lot of the best. But even if they don't, I think, you know, it could be just completely opposite three years from now. You know, the men could be real strong and the women could be a little thinner. It's just a cyclical thing that our sport goes through. I mean, we can look back to 1988 and our men's team wasn't the greatest. I mean, we had a superstar, Matt Biondi, 
Uh, and we may have that superstar in Caleb Dressel, but otherwise the team was not very strong. And, uh, but you know, 92, we had a great team, 84, we had a team, a great team. So I, I don't think this is indicative of what the men's team um, is going to be like in the future. No, it, it's an opportunity for some people to make a name for themselves. Uh, the right. I've written down here is uh, Michael Andrew. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and I'll, I'll say uh, one other thing, Dan, on that is, is the fact we don't have Michael Phelps, right? Yeah. And that changes the dynamic a lot on this men's team because, you know, when Michael swam, when Ryan was at his best, you know, everybody was pretty much swimming for one spot. You know, the 200 IM, they, they were just out there in a training dance because nobody was making it when Ryan and Michael were at their peak in what, 08 and 12. So uh, it, 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 Michael has uh, certainly inspired an entire generation. Um, and I think we're going to see that in the future. Um, but right now things are kind of tough. Again, I'm not spelling doom and gloom. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. Trust me. I think this men's team is going to be very good. They have a chance to win all three relays. They're not going to go in at the favorite, maybe in any of them, which is perfect. Um, but you might remember back in 2015, when we've a lot of people spelled doom and gloom in 15 yes. because we weren't very good at the world championships, right? Men or women. And yeah. then we kicked butt in 16. So I, I think that could certainly mirror itself in Tokyo. But Michael Andrew is one who, you know, kind of finally, I shouldn't say finally. I mean, he's all, always showed glimpses, right? But in Indy uh, a few weeks ago at, at the pro swim, he said, oh, my God. We, we all said, oh, my gosh, we found a breaststroker. <laughs> um, for the Olympic team, the U.S. found their breaststroker, and uh, perhaps um, I think Nick Fink and Cody Miller and, and uh, Andrew Wilson. I think a lot of others will have something to say about that, but um, but they certainly found a great breaststroker and 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 maybe the best uh, IMer in the world for 150 meters. And if he can find the last 50, he could he could definitely win a medal. Well, don't forget, right here in Pittsburgh, we have Josh Matheny too. So. Yeah, that's right. Who swam really well. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he, I mean, what he, he went two Oh nine. It's like 16 year old or something uh, a couple years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, he could, uh, he could be a great, especially in the 200. I think he's better than the 200, but still he's going to be really good. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching some, some vets for years now, people like Melanie Margalis. Yeah. And Haley. It's like, just, you know, this, this has got to be their time. You know, this has got to be the one for them. Um, at least that's what I'm personally wishing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you certainly you, you wish the very best for the vets, especially somebody who epitomizes that perseverance in Madison Cox. Yeah, I mean, who just missed it in, in five years ago. So I think everybody is, you know, in really if you're a swimming fan, just a general swimming fan. Now, if you're. Melanie Margalis's brother or parents or Brooke Forty's brother or parents, you know, you're not necessarily cheering for Madison Cox, but you're, if you're a general swimming fan, you, you want Madison Cox to make that Olympic team. I think she'd be great. And she's had a lot of trials and tribulations and that's just, she's sort of the epitome of why the trials is so dramatic is because uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of uh, Madison Cox's there. Yeah. So I do remember 15 months ago, we ended up having an extended discussion about Reagan Smith. And I'm going to bring her name up again. Is she a newcomer? Is she a vet? Well, with three world records on her belt, I think she's a vet. 
Uh, I don't know how you can call her a newcomer anymore, even though those three world records were only broken, what, two years ago. I, I think, you know, at 18, 19 now almost, I, I think she's 18 or 19. I think she's definitely in that vet situation. It's just that we've been watching her for the last three or four years as a youngster um, that we, we still, and she is still just a teenager, but um, I think she would definitely, I think compared to Claire Curzan, and Tori Husk, she's a vet. You know, Tori Husk, Claire Cousin, they're like up and comers still, you know. Yeah. But they've also benefited from a year um, because I think they wouldn't have made the Olympic team last summer. And they have a great shot this summer. You know, they're right now, they're odds on favorite to make the Olympic team. So uh, I think a year has really helped them where I don't think it's necessarily hurt Reagan. It's just helped the rest of the world because Reagan, I, I honestly believe she would have won four gold medals last summer. Um, and now, you know, all of a sudden internationally, you've got Kayla McCune, who wouldn't have beaten her a year ago. Right. That will certainly be a big factor, along with a million others, both from the United States and internationally. All right. Um, so the casual fan may not be as familiar with Claire and Tori and even Carson Foster as you know, those of us embedded at USA Swimming are, okay? Um, your impressions, your, your uh, best guess on their chances. I mean, you've already kind of called the two girls odds on favorites. What about Carson? Um, Carson is gonna be, you know, he's proven he belongs. Um, and he's in an event uh, that's not weak for the United States, but has, has an opportunity, you know, mm -hmm. that's created this opportunity. There's not like, it's not like the women's hunter backstroke. Uh, and I think the men's 400 IM I'm talking about. The men's 400 IM is, is, is you know, it's, it's up for grabs. Uh, and, uh, and I think with, you know, Chase and Jay obviously have to be the huge favorites. Um, but uh, Carson is, is one of those guys that, again, except for in the know, like you said, within our sw USA swimming family, he is an unknown and he could, you know, he could make the, the team in two, three, four events, 200, 400 IM, 200 free, 800 free relay. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of opportunities for him, no doubt. Yeah. And I have one more name here for you. Um, he's a vet because he's been around for a while, um, but I feel like he's going to get his chance. And that's Andrew Seliscar. Selly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think if Selly can get back to where he was in 18, I think it was, he wasn't, he wasn't great in 19, but, but he was sensational in 2018. If he can get back to anywhere near that, then yeah, he's going to be a huge factor. And, 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 and a bunch of events just like Carson, you know, 200 free, 200 IM, 200 breast. Um, yeah. He, he's, He's incredibly talented, and I'm definitely pulling for him. He's another one, um, like uh, Madison Cox, you know, that you, you really want to make the Olympic team. You're pulling for Andrew Seliscar to make the Olympic team um, because he hasn't had that opportunity. And um, five years is a long, long time to wait around, you know. I, I feel their pain. I waited eight years. Um, so uh, I, I certainly know what they're going through. Yeah, and um... – Indiana University, how many breaststrokers do they put on the team? Is this <laughs> over again? Crazy, right? Oh, my gosh. There's so many of them. You lose count. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting because I think, you know, you said it at the beginning, I think Lily obviously is, you know, potentially in a class all by herself, certainly in the hundred. Um, she'll, she'll have more battles in the 200, no question. Um, but yeah, they have, they have so many really good breaststrokers and Ray Lewis has done such a great job there with Cody and Annie and, and so many others that I think they definitely, um, definitely have a chance to put at least three, you know, on the team. That would be pretty cool. Right. Oh, it'd be amazing. All right. Well, you just alluded to it. You're, uh, no stranger to controversy and craziness surrounding trials and Olympic games. What are your expectations for what the Olympic games are going to look like this time? I, and I have no, you know, pre-knowledge of this. I don't have any crystal ball that I'm looking into or that has been given to me or anything. I, my honest opinion is this will be the greatest Olympics in history because I think Dan, our world desperately need something like this to bring us all together we've been so fractured for the last 15 months that the olympics always seems to bring the world together in a in a listen there's always going to be politics in the olympics i get it but in the end when we actually sit down and watch the olympics what other event on television can you sit down and watch as a family there's not many anymore you know and that's one event where you can sit down as a family and as a world family. When I'm talking family, I'm talking about the whole world can sit down and enjoy the best athletes in the world, compete at the highest stage. And because of COVID, uh, I think we really, we really need this. Uh, I worked for a Japanese company, buddy, for, for eight years. And I lived in Japan for about six months a year um, for those eight years. And I can tell you there's some of the sweetest most kind, wonderful people I've ever met in my life. They're also some of the most hardworking and dedicated people. And I think we as society have learned a lot over the last year mm -hmm. about COVID and how to handle it. And I think the Japanese um, officials and people will, they've learned it as well over the last 15 months. And I think this will be a very safe Olympic games. And I think it will be done right. And I know there's cries to have it uh, be canceled, but I don't, I don't think that's right. Um, I'm a big believer that it should go on and, and should go on in a safe manner. And I think it will. Right on. So June 13th, our wave two broadcast begins on NBC. Uh, any details for the listeners? Uh, well, um, my partner of well, let's see, we've called, this will be our seventh Olympics together. Um, but my partner, Dan Hicks, is actually committed to the U.S. Open in golf. NBC has the U.S. Open again this year. So my partner will be the amazing Olympic host of the games. Uh, Mike Tirico no uh, is going to be calling swimming. Yeah, so I am thrilled beyond imagination to actually be sitting next to the legendary Mike Tirico for eight nights and, and call swimming with him. Um, I'm going to miss Dan, obviously, uh, sure. Dan is, the, you know, Dan is Dan. He's the greatest. He's the goat. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be certainly uh, an honor and a privilege to sit with Mike, um, because he is the ultimate pro and I'll just learn more than I've ever learned before in my life. When I sit next to, to Mike, um, people want to follow you on social media, catch up with you, follow you through this summer, which is going to be crazy amount of travel. Uh, what's your handle? Where can they find you? 
Well, I would love to do. I say that I, I, I do a lot of social media. I'm not very good at it. I, I do Twitter because uh, that's sort of my news feed. So I, I read my news on Twitter. Um, so I, it's at Rowdy Gaines on Twitter. I'm at Rowdy Gaines on um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm not very good at that, but I'm going to try to be better this summer for sure on those three um, uh, because I like reading all three. I love Instagram. And my wife loves Facebook. So I try to, I try to read all three. I'm just not very good at posting, but I'm going to, I'm going to be posting a lot this summer for sure. Try to get some behind the scenes look um, uh, for people as well. Great. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you're super busy and we all appreciate, you know, the insight that you're able to provide. Um, and I can't personally, I can't wait to see you in uh, Omaha. Thanks, buddy. It's going to be fun. We're going to we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a little bit of a different look this summer, no doubt about it. Uh, but I think all in all, uh, I think especially in the swimming world, we can't wait for it to happen. You know, the excitement is beyond measure right now. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, Rowdy. You too. See you later, buddy. That was fantastic. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And thanks again to Rowdy. Um, for setting aside some time in his busy schedule uh, to give us a little preview and his thoughts for the upcoming trials and the Olympic Games as well. Um, you heard Rowdy talk about where you can follow him, and we're going to hold him to his promise that he's going to uh, post some behind-the-scenes the, the, the scenes stuff on uh, his Instagram and his Twitter account. Um, so that's at Rowdy Gaines. Um, I also encourage you to follow at NBC Olympics. Um, I'm sure there's going to be tons of swimming information that's going to come up through there, as well as NBCOlympics.com. Earlier, I, uh, in the introduction, I talked about the team of the decade, and I forgot to mention where you can find it. Uh, there's actually a really cool video version of this on, U on the USA Swimming YouTube page, if you were thinking about diving back into that. Finally, before I let you go, um, don't forget to go to the USA Swimming page, scroll down a little bit, look for a red button that says join the supporters club. This is a great program we have. Um, if you're not a member of USA Swimming and you know want to be a part of the team, it's 50 bucks. There's all kinds of uh, great benefits that come along with it. And if you're you know, going to trials or any of our events, you absolutely want to do this because it helps you, um, you know, maybe get to the front of the line for autographs and that sort of thing. So the Supporters Club is a great program we started. And, uh, you know, if you haven't joined yet, make sure you do. Okay. Uh, next time we podcast, uh, we'll be talking about our Olympic team. So uh, enjoy watching it. I'll be there. And, uh, you know, make sure you rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Like I always say, I like to read that stuff. Um, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Kick Set with USA Swimming. Check out www.usaswimming.org slash kickset for more episodes and add Kick Set to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes.